greetings, everyone. Everyone, everywhere. We greet you now in the name of God, our Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This, this, this present time, this is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. And now we're going to go to a time of praise that softens the heart, opens the door for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We invite Sister Hope Carr, Brother Darnell Carr, to come now and lead us in praise. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise this morning. If you're able, stand to your feet, give the Lord a hand praise. We want to send up the highest praise this morning. How many know the Lord is high above the heavens and his glory above the nations? The Lord is high above the heavens. The Lord is high above the heavens. And his glory above the nations. And his glory above the nations. The Lord is high above the heavens. The Lord is high above the heavens. And his glory above the nations. And his glory above the nations. Give God the highest praise. Acknowledge him always. And all the people say, Halle, Halle, Hallelujah. 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 H
up this morning, starting on us on our way, allowing us to be here in our right minds, Father, to lift our hands and lift our voices and sing worship and praises to you. Everybody didn't wake up this morning, so we thank you that you saw fit to tap us on our shoulders and say, get up this morning. Father, we ask you to just bless us as we're here. Let your presence be here full and strong. We rebuke you, Satan. You have no power here, Father. And we just thank you, Lord, for your anointing, your power, your strength. Thank you for our pastor. She brings forth the word on today. Let us be hearers and doers of the word on today, Father. And we just thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and that for providing for us and all that you do for us every day. In Jesus' name we pray. There is none like you. Come on, just sing a love song to the Lord this morning. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search for all eternity. I could search for all eternity, Lord, and find there. Think about it. There is none, there is none like you. Come on and lift your voice to the Lord. There is none, there is none like you. No one else can touch my heart. No one else can touch my heart like you do. I could search for all eternity. I could search for all eternity, Lord, and find there is none.
say you can prove to my your love for me by keeping my commandments help us Lord help us help us come with us now to the New Testament the letter of Paul to the Ephesians the church at Ephesus Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. 
And now I ask that you would stand out of reverence for God's holy, holy word. And listen now, listen for the word of the Lord. This is the reason that I, Paul, am a prisoner for Christ Jesus. It's for the sake of you Gentiles. For surely you have already heard of the commission of God's grace that was given me for you, and how the mystery was made known to me by revelation. And as I wrote above in a few words, a reading of which will enable you to perceive my understanding of the mystery of Christ. In former generations, this mystery was not made known to humankind as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That is, the Gentiles have become fellow heirs, members of the same body, and sharers in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And of this gospel, I have become a servant according to the gift of God's grace that was given me by the working of his power. And although I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to bring to the Gentiles the news of the boundless riches of Christ and to make everyone see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church, through the church, the wisdom of God in its rich variety might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose that he has carried out in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have access to God in boldness and confidence through faith in him. And I pray therefore that you that you may not lose heart over my sufferings for you. They are to your glory. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. And now won't you pray with and for me. God, as I come this day before your people, I symbolically come knee bowed and body bent before thy throne of grace. Grace. God doing for us what God does not have to do, grace. 
And Lord, I pray that you would allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, for you are my strength. And you are my redeemer. In the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Let the church say amen. Smile, smile. Put a smile on your face today. The topic of our sermon for today is the mystery of the church. The, the mystery of the church revealed. For this reason, Paul the apostle, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for the sake of you Gentiles. You know, I, I find it interesting that the, the pastor, the preacher would, he, he would start off saying that he was in prison. Saying that he understood that his position in life at that time of the writing of this letter to the church at Ephesus, he realized it had nothing to do with him. His position had to do with God and God alone. Twice in this letter, Pastor Paul reminds his readers that he's a prisoner. No doubt the Ephesians were asking the question, why is Pastor Paul in prison? Why would God permit such a thing? Well, in verses 2 through 7, Pastor Paul explains his situation, and in doing so, he also explains one of the greatest truths we will find in this letter, the mystery of the church. Mm. A mystery, a mystery is a, it's a sacred secret. It's a sacred secret secret. You see, everybody doesn't know the sacred secret. Only those who are members of God's church <laughs> will God reveal his sacred secret to his church. Not, uh, not Neiman Marcus, not IBM, not YouTube, none of that. They don't know what we know. A secret that is unknown to unbelievers because it's understood and treasured only by the people of God. Beloved, when you find yourself in places that you consider to be awful, just awful, like a, like a prison or, I don't know, a sanitarium, a, a halfway house, a recovery program, or anything like that, people are going to look down on you when they find out. 
Now, now they may not do it openly. People don't usually do things openly. But, but the reason the church is not waiting at the door of the prison is because the church thinks that all the people in prison are beyond the help of the church. <laughs> and sometimes the reason you might have to go to prison is because the Lord wants you to understand something that you would not be able to understand anywhere else. People, people go to places that the rest of us frown upon. But if you're a child of God, wherever you go or wherever God allows to happen in your life, it is for a reason. Say out loud, for a reason. It's for a reason. You know, who can better go out and bring in an ex-convict other than a saved, spirit-filled, sanctified person who's been imprisoned themselves? <laughs> it was all for a reason. I received a call one day when I was younger to be the first black woman to execute a program for inmates in a Texas state prison. Lord have mercy. God could always find me. I didn't apply, they called me. And of course, I accepted that job. It, it prepared me to minister to those who had been incarcerated. Didn't know at the time that when I asked in the 80s and 90s, how many of you have had a child or family member in prison that nearly every hand would go up in the black church. And to the thousands of black mothers with children in prison, I could minister to them. Oh, my beloved, it's so important for us to just understand life. You know, today there's no wisdom. You know, when you listen to people who are not older than you, you can't have wisdom. That's, where, that's why most civilized communities lift up the elder. Because the elder got something to say about what they've been through to help you not go through what they've been through. Somebody help me up in here. And the, the, the real major misconception to life is that life is all about us. Life is just all about me and mine. When we say nobody understands me, when we say Nobody has gone through what I have gone through. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. If you think that nobody has been through what you're going through, that's called a delusion of uniqueness. Any human being who thinks there is no other human being on the face of the earth that has been through what they've been through. may not be the exact situation, but we're talking about feelings. A living a life of delusion. Because many times 
the situations we get caught up in are not about us at all. Let me say it again. Many times the situation we find ourselves in is not about us at all. You find yourself in places that you've not planned to be because God has his own reasons for you being in a place. Life is full of lessons. You got to learn about life. Life is full of lessons. I love to learn lessons. Lessons. So the question is, whenever you find yourself, what's the lesson? What's the lesson? What's God in his love for me trying to teach me? What, what's the lesson? Because God has a reason for us going through what we go through. What's the lesson? God has a reason that you didn't make the grade. What's the test? God has a reason that your son or your daughter is in jail. God has a reason that you're having a hard time. God has a reason for life being difficult for us. God has a reason that you experienced addiction. God has a reason for you be, being divorced. God has a reason for your suffering. One day I told the church I was pastoring, I said, you know, I've had more than one divorce. And what I learned that it wasn't just for me to experience that. The lesson is God is not a God of divorce. God doesn't want divorce. And so I said to that congregation from now on, we will do everything we can to minister to our families and to keep them married. And from that time on, I really don't remember. I remember a lot of families in trouble, but we had professional help for them and my door was always open because I know the devastating effects of divorce. What lesson did I learn? Was it all about me? Oh no, I said, I've had enough divorces for everybody in the congregation, so I bind divorce in the name of Jesus. I have done it for you. Enough is enough. When you're in God's hands, beloved, when you're a child of God, God will take what the devil meant for evil. What are he going to do? He's going to turn into good. All things work together for good. Not for everybody, but for those who love the Lord and are called according to not their purpose, but his purpose. All things. Don't expect God to do what he says he's going to do for you because God does it with conditions. He didn't just say all things work together for everybody. He said all things work together for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Say to yourself, say, I received it. So, beloved, what we have to understand that many times our ministry,
comes out of our pain. Our pain. So Paul the Apostle says, for this reason, for the Gentiles were persons who were not Jewish. The Gentiles were persons who by law weren't allowed in a Jewish temple. The Gentiles were those who were left out and looked down upon. Paul says, I had to go through that, not, by, not because of me. I went through that because of you Gentiles. God was calling Paul, you see, to go preach the gospel to the Gentiles. <laughs> this, is, this is good stuff. Everything in the Bible is good. P. Paul was under orders from God to evangelize the Gentiles. <laughs> well, who were the Gentiles? I'm just going to say it again. The Gentiles were people who were looked down upon by the traditional church people. The Orthodox Jews in Paul's day considered the Gentiles dogs. Isn't it some, something good to know the word of God? I told people that word will not be used at this church. People are not a dog. You know, in slavery time, they, they said that we were lower than a dog. But you see, the devil is a lie because dogs spelled backwards is what? God. Don't let the devil fool you now. Don't let the devil fool you. No, I'm not a dog. <laughs> oh, my God. You are not a dog. The Orthodox Jews were called and considered the Gentiles dogs and often referred to the Gentiles as dogs. You see, some of our younger generation hadn't heard it from the word. If they had known what I know, they would have never have called each other that word. The Gentiles had not been instructed in the ways of God. Mm. They had never been to church. Mm. The Gentiles had not had the advantages of church people back in that day. They were the generation who raised themselves. You better hear me. You better hear me. The Bible is as relevant today as it was way back then. The Gentiles were just common folk who were walking through life without a savior. God commands. He doesn't suggest. He's Father God. Father God commands that we go and make disciples for Jesus Christ. That is our mission, our focus, and our duty. And if we love God, we will do what God tells us to do. Yes, sir. Church, you know, we have a lot of people today as, as we go into the future, a lot of people who are just wandering around in the world. There's so many people today who need to have somebody who understands where they are where they've been. Oh, you've gone through what you've gone through so that you can be a blessing to someone else who's going through the very same thing. The only thing about some people in the church
church, they think that Christians ain't supposed to confess their sins. We ain't supposed to talk about what we've been through. We want to make the world think we ain't been through nothing because we're Christians. When the real truth is the very reason we have gone through things is because we are Christian. Apostle Paul was in prison because he was a preacher. You've gone through what you've gone through so you can be a blessing. But, say but, but now you know Jesus and they needed to hear. They needed to hear from the Apostle Paul. You see, if Pastor Paul was to go through these unsaved worldly people, then, then he, and he needed to meet some of them in a situation that was unfamiliar to him. Like he went from Lubbock, Texas to Harlem. My God. A, a situation that was unfamiliar to him. He needed to be sensitized to the suffering, the hard times, the confinement, the hurt, the pain, and the rejection. And Paul was put in a place of testing so that he would have a testimony because you can't have a testimony without a test. Can I get an amen? You see, Pastor Paul saw, said to his congregation, he said, surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That's the mystery, Paul said, made known to me. In other words, Pastor Paul was testifying that he had been in some life situations that taught him that there was nobody beyond the saving grace of Almighty God. God could save anybody. You know what a Christian says? Because I know he can. You know why? Because he saved me. <laughs> Pastor Paul was testifying. You know Pastor Paul's story? Pastor Paul had a story. Every pastor ought to have a, a story. A story. Pastor Paul had a, had a story. He had been persecuted, he had been beaten, and tormented by, guess who, Christians. <laughs> he went all over the place publicly talking against Christians because they didn't like him, he didn't like them. Paul hated Christians. He went all over the place talking against Christians and their way of life. And God knew all about it. However, say however, however God looked at Paul. He looked at Paul, this rebellious killer of Christians. And God saw something in Paul that Paul didn't even see in himself. God saw his energy and his, and his commitment and his ability to speak, his devotion to what he believed, even if it was wrong. And God said, I can use that. That's what I used to say about the gangsters. I'd go, you know what? If God, God could use them. 
if they love God the way they love, they live good the way they love evil, God could use them. They ain't scared of nothing. What if we had a group of people who ain't even scared of the devil? Hallelujah, God. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind, power, and of love. What if we could change that with that kind of energy? In Harlem, it was a Puerto Rican gang watching over me. I didn't know. I just heard something whistling in the night when I was dumbly walking the streets at night by myself. It was gangs in Harlem who, I mean, in Compton who were protecting me. God saw that energy and God said to himself, I can use that. God said, I can fix his heart. I can restore him to me. And at Paul's worst, God called him to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now that's a testimony. Can you hear Pastor Paul sharing his testimony? I can hear him. I can hear him. He said, he looked beyond my faults. I was the worst of the saints. He looked beyond my faults. And he saw my needs. Uh, Paul knew from living that amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Oh, it's a testimony. Oh, Paul knew about God's grace. Not from reading about it or studying about it, hearing about it, but he knew it from experience. Don't you have a story to tell somebody about God's grace and God's mercy? It's all about God that you made it over. It's all about God that you're here today. It's all about God that you didn't go to jail. It's all about God that you ain't died from sickness. It's all about God. You may not know, but I got a story about where the Lord has brought me from. Don't you have a story to tell about the goodness of God? in your life. Don't you talk about God to other people. What's your conversation? Is it more about you than it is about God? What's your conversation? Well, beloved, if we really understood what it means to be a Christian, a child of God, if we really understood then, we would be willing and ready to share the truth of our being a Christian. We run people away by acting inbred, by acting holier than thou, by being so judgmental, by pretending to be more than we really are, by pretending to know more than we really know. But if we were to become comfortable with just keeping it real, then we would say, we would say, 
I'm a Christian, and a Christian is just a sinner saved by grace. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Some things I used to do, I don't do no more. Some things I used to think, I don't think no more. And if I do, I plead the blood over my mind and my thoughts. I used to be. I used to be. I used to be. Oh, my God. We need to witness the truth to the world today. Paul says the grace of God was a mystery to me until God allowed my life to get so bad that only grace could save me. Oh, God had put Paul into some situations so that he could use Paul to glorify his name. Paul made mistakes, and God used him anyway. That's grace. Paul knew that he didn't deserve to be a preacher, but God called him to preach anyway. That's grace. If you know yourself like I know myself, and I realize that the God, the creator of the universe, knows all about me and knows all about you and loves me anyway. Loves me anyway. Paul had to go through prison to gain some insight into the mystery of Christ Jesus. Let me say this. During this season, God is God's so upset with us. Just look at the weather alone and you'll see. During this season, the most important thing for the church of Jesus Christ is to understand that the church of Jesus Christ is for everyone. The church of Jesus Christ is for everyone. This lesson is about an apostle who knew that his mission was to bring the Jews and the Gentiles and the church together. Two groups of people who were different from each other. Two different classes of people. One group had been in the church for a long time. The other group had not. One group was in the seasoned Christians. And the other group was still in the world. Paul was expected to cater to the traditional church folk. In my experience, they have been the worst. Glory to God. I'm going to say it because I mean it. Paul was expected to cater to the traditional church folk. He was expected to pacify them. He was expected to go along with their program. Say, but God, but God has plans, other plans for the church. And those plans still stand today. God sent his son into the world to save the whole world. Jesus said, I have come to save sinners, not the righteous. They go, what? Jesus hanging out with sinners. He said, I came to save sinners, not the righteous. 
The church has heard these familiar words over and over and over again, and yet the church still caters to those who look and act like them. It's time for the church to say, Lord, we so sorry. I ask for his forgiveness for my sins known or unknown every time I pray. Lord, I'm sorry. Help me. So Paul said in verse 4, the mystery was not revealed to precious, to previous generations, but the mystery is revealed by the Holy Spirit of God. It's revealed to the apostles and the prophets for this time. Well, my beloved, as I close, we've been reminded at a time when the church of Jesus Christ is in trouble. Houston, the church has a problem. We're being reminded at a time when the church of Jesus Christ is in trouble. The fact is for the mainly white churches, people are just not going to church on a weekly basis anymore, only about 20% in black church, which is the fastest growing non-denominational church in America today. The problem is that seasoned black churches continue to leave out young people and people off the street. And although the Hispanics, the Latinos, the Mexicans, or the fastest growing population in America today. We're not making a place for them in our established Protestant churches. Lord, forgive us. I want you to just know this. It's a new day for a, a new time. And you got to love change. You got to love the flow of the Holy Spirit. Wherever God goes, I'm going. If it makes me move, if it makes me change, if it makes me holler, wherever God says go, I'm going. I've never, ever not respected the voice of a preacher. Not because I wanted to be one, but because that's what God said. Never have I done that. It's a new day for a new time, and the church of God needs to renew herself. Just as this lesson is teaching, and so, beloved, I want you to understand the mystery. The mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles, the new Christians, are heirs together with Israel, the old Christian members, together of one body, and share us together in the promise in Christ Jesus. In other words, just because you've been in the church all your life doesn't give you exclusive rights to receive the blessings of God. Because if somebody walks down that out any time, they have never been a member of the church before, guess what? The Bible says... They have just as much right to the things of God as you have. God is releasing a new dispensation, oh my dear ones. New orders, new directions, 
new assignments for the body of Christ Jesus. Some things were hidden from the church in the past, but now we need to be in touch with what God's doing today. It's something different, something challenging. I love a challenge. <laughs> it's something exciting. It's something God wants. And so that means it's something wonderful. God has always given me a clear vision for the church he sends me to. And if you remember, when I first came here, we worked and I said, I already knew the vision, but I'd ask in my training, what's your vision? Because not that I didn't know the vision God had given me, but it was a way for me to discern the laity that he had sent to put feet on the vision. And those laity, without me telling what God had told me, confirmed what God had told me. He's always given me people within the congregation who would put feet on the vision he had given. Today, let the church of God show a new commitment. The way we can do that is by living by the word of God and by living the words of a song that we sing. Because now is testing time. <laughs> I remember when I had to let God know I loved him more than anything or anybody. My daddy, my mama, my children, my husbands. Because the question he'll ask, like he asked me, why didn't you do what I told you to do, Lydia? And in my dream, I said, because they wouldn't let me. And God said to me, so, oh, you love them more. Then you love me. Some churches are going to go to heaven in groups, and some churches are going to go to heaven. Some groups are going to go to hell in groups. groups. Don't you love me more? Don't you love me more? I love you more, God, than anything or anybody. Yes, Lord, I love you more. I know it's your way or the highway. I know that you are sovereign, God. You don't need nobody. You can do everything all by yourself, but by your grace. You just want a little old nothing like me to work for you. What a privilege. I ain't nobody. What a privilege I'm talking about. A sovereign God. And so even at this time in my life, 
I don't know what the Lord is going to do. All I just know is whatever he wants me to do, I will do. And so as you renew yourselves today, make clear, make clear. The songwriter says, Lord, I'm available to you. You gave me my hands to reach out to man, you, 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 to show him your love and your perfect plan. You gave me my ears. I can hear your voice so clear. I can hear the cry of, of sinners. But Lord, can I wipe away their tears? If you ain't cried, you don't have no compassion on no folk who cry. Lord, you gave me my voice to preach your word. Lord, you gave some people to get the music to, to sing all your praises to those who have never heard. But with my eyes, I see a need, and you see a need for, for more uh, availability. See, the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. I've seen the hearts that have been broken, so many people to set free. And so, Lord, I sing these words to you. It's my commitment, it is my promise, Lord. Lord, 
this time, we invite those of you who are not members of a church to, to find a church. Why? Because God said so. You know where God is today? He's a parent. And as a parent, you say, but why, God? He said, because I said so. It's a time of obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. God loves a cheerful giver. He said, bring your tithes to the storehouse so that my house has more than enough. Oh God, we come today and we give. Not just our money, but that too. But we give God our gifts, our abilities, but most of all our love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Give because God said so. And at this time, the word of God says this as many times as you want it. The service of communion is available whenever you want it. I'll just, you can still take the money. <laughs> Amen, God. Thank you, Lord. Prepare for Holy Communion. 
it's a, it's a symbol. It's a reminder of God's love for us. The sacrifice he gave his only begotten son. He'll never ask you to give anything that he himself hasn't given. That's love. God loved the world so much that he gave. What do we give? We don't want to give nothing. We think the little work we do in the church ought to count for everything when that's what we ought to do. <laughs> you don't always get rewarded for the things you ought to do. Somebody say amen. Not in life. Not in the church. It's all about God. That whosoever, not anybody, whosoever believes in him always do the whole scripture whosoever believe in him shall not perish it's a promise but have eternal life something you should know that I know at this age I'm going to share the wisdom with you share the wisdom this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Don't have the time I had before. This world's not my home. I'm just passing through. It's all a test. And so let us pray together the prayer Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, pray it out loud. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all that is evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. And so Jesus invites us to come unto me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens. He says, I will give you rest. Believe me. He will. He says, take my yoke upon you and lean and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your soul. So we invite you now to spiritually unite with all the members of Akoma First United Methodist Church, with all the saints of the church in heaven and on earth, 
and partake of the Lord's Supper that has been consecrated by a pastor. According to the Gospel of Luke, when our risen Lord was at the table with his disciples, what did he do? He took bread and he blessed it and he broke it. That's a symbol of sometimes you have to be broken to be blessed. Oh, good God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And he gave it. See, it's from your breaking that you can give. And he, and he gave it to them. And then their eyes were open. And they recognized him. Please take your communion elements. This is the body of Jesus Christ, the bread of life, broken for you and for me. Amen. This is the blood of, of Jesus Christ, the cup of salvation, saved by the blood. It was shed for me and for you. Drink it. Say amen. Almighty God, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you, O oh God, that through your word and this holy communion, you have given us your son, who is the true bread from heaven and food for everlasting life. And so we lift up to you this day the joys and the concerns of our hearts. Strengthen us, Lord, in your service that our daily living will show our gratitude through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let the church say,
moment you leave this place undergirded by the mystery of the church that God's grace is sufficient for all of us. Amen.